whatever gets covered on RyeCast, there's always a link to our town. Hello, I'm James Stewart, and on this week's podcast, I'm talking to a musician from Hastings who's recuperating in Rye Hospital. Not just any musician, a musician who's played for and shared part of his life with one of the biggest names of the 20th century. Michelle wanted to meet Muhammad Ali to help him promote his music, but as you'll hear, they soon formed a really close bond. A close bond that saw Ali become godfather to Michelle's son, David Ali, and for the boxer to describe Michelle as his favourite musician, making an album together, and he describes the song Child of the Wilderness as his favourite song of all time. Ali also inspired Michelle to set up a charity, The Kindness Offensive, and that's helped thousands of people. So I'm here at Rye Hospital, and before we talk to Michelle and hear some of his music, here's something really special. It's the start of a TV show the two made in the 1970s. It was lost for many years, but it's an incredible find, an amazing bit of archive, with Michelle and Muhammad Ali in conversation, and Michelle playing some of his music. The following is a special television programme, brought to you with love from Muhammad Ali. Okay, Michelle, I'll get a fire going. You get everything set up on there's some good sound. I have a young man named Michelle, who I predict will be the greatest singer of all times. I met him a few years ago. I've been doing all I can to promote him. I want you to hear him tonight, and he will sing to you, and he will talk about love through his song, I'm sure you'll enjoy it, Mr. Michelle. This song is called Love. After this, I'd like you to tell us something about, something really personal about love. Yeah? Yes, I love this song and I want the world to hear it now. Beautiful. The love in you makes you the same. How you love makes you different. I spent a year writing letters to Muhammad, and I kept writing and kept writing and sending off the letters. Later on, I'll jump forward and then back. I was sitting with Muhammad Ali on a doorstep, and the post was being delivered. And he was sorting out the post. He's sorting out this bill, that bill, that fan mail, this fan mail, that. And then personal things that went over here, which is maybe one or two things. And I realized that all those letters that I'd written to him had probably ended up in that pile. But I kept trying to get to see him. And I got a Greyhound bus to go and play him some music. Finally got to the trailer where he was, and that just was where they were doing a film called Freedom Road. After four days of sleeping in the back of a bus, the guy who ran the hotel heard the story, and he came out and said, listen, you don't want to be bedraggled like you are. We'll, we'll, 
we'll get your clothes cleaned and we'll get you sorted. And he just came out of nowhere, this guy, but he got me all spruced up, as it were, to go and see Muhammad. I just tapped on the door. By that time, I had gone through about uh, nearly a dozen trailers that were saying, you know, this is Muhammad Ali, and that's his, and it had just the tiniest little tag on it that said Ali. That was where he was, and everybody knew that's where he was. Anyway, I went there and I knocked on the door. He wanted to know what I was, what I wanted. Just, to, just in his regular clothes. He wasn't doing any filming or anything at that point in time. He said, um, well, "What's that then?" And I said, "That's my guitar." He said, "I've just been traveling four days to come and play you some songs." He says, "You're going to play me some songs." And I said, yeah, yeah, you know, I think he might enjoy him. And he said, well, what are you waiting for? And he got me to get the guitar out. And then I played a song for him called Child of the Wilderness. And he loved that song so much. It's hard to describe, really, just the vibe that came from him with that song. I mean, there, there are orchestrated versions of it on albums and things, but this was just a live raw version. It was great. It made me feel great because I could see that, you know, I, I'd, I'd gone to a lot of trouble to try and get to see him. When he first heard it, he said he, he was slamming the, slamming the table and saying, this is great. This is great. I'm going to make you a star. I have me a star. He'd be banging on the table, which was really quite something. And the love is love I'll know. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. I'm so glad people had a chance to hear for themselves. Well, listen, thank you That's for beautiful. making it possible. And man, when you played that song, I said, look what I've discovered here. I have me a star. And from that day on, I said, I'm going to work with you until you make it. And I'm glad to see you on this show. That, shows, that song was beautiful. Tell you something, I really didn't have a penny in my pocket when I played that for you. I had just, I had just spent the very last, and I'll tell you, it was one of the happiest days of my life. And you was happy. And that, oh, well, that I mean, you were, you were stamping yeah. on the table saying yeah. that's great. That, ready, fact you know. was, that fact was a good example <laughs> that you don't have to be rich to be happy because you came all the way on the bus, you were hungry, eating cheese and crackers, you had no money in your pocket, and you didn't know if I would like you or not, but you was happy just the mere fact of being before the greatest in the presence of the greatest, you were so happy playing that song and you were dead broke. So that's living proof that you don't have to be rich to be happy because you were happy. And I think you're still happy today, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm even more happy today. You got to travel around the world with Ali. So we're on Concord and we're flying, flying across and Ali is allowed to sit in the pilot's seat of the fastest plane on Earth. And when he comes down, I said, well, what's it like, Ali? You know, and he says, you want to see what it's like? Just tell him I sent you. I said, tell him I sent you. I said, okay. So I got in there, and they had three pilots, and one, one was a spare. And I got to see what Concorde flew like from the inside. And it was just amazing. You know, all he had to do was just say, you know, I'll I, I, I pet you, uh, 
Because he was the most famous man in the world. Yeah, he was, yeah. That, that was why I picked him in the first place. <laughs> so I thought, if he fails, then I'll go down a notch, but there's no point trying to go up a notch from this. But from that one idea of trying to meet him to help with your musical career, you had, what, almost four years travelling around the world with him. That must have been well, amazing. Well, yeah, and plus we were doing an album. Did you get a chance to hear the yeah. album? It's not the greatest album in the world, but you have things like whole orchestrations, and I'd say to him, well, this would be a lot nicer if it had an orchestra and some violins. And he'd go, well, yeah, I think it would, yeah, you know. And he played an active role, and I mean, he paid for all the album. The album cost over 100,000 pounds. Did you ever have any disagreements about the music? No. If he wanted a four-string orchestra, then that, he got it. We'd, we'd do a song, and we'd work really hard on it. We'd get all, all the orchestration built and everything. And we'd get it to a point where it was suitable, and then we'd send it to him. And he would say, I like that bit. I think that bit's too long. You know, things like that. And I didn't mind. He never changed anything that was vital. He changed things that he thought would um, catch people's attention more. He must have been really important to you because you named your son after him. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was. He was very important. He was David's godfather. Yeah, he was David's godfather, and the first pram that David had was got by Muhammad Ali and. His first diapers and you name it, the whole kit came with it. <laughs> it's a ferocious boxer, but there was a, a twinkle in his eye, wasn't there? There was something that he seemed very kind. Yeah. And from what you're saying, he obviously was. Yeah, yeah. I never saw him be unkind in all the time I worked with him. I mean, I'll tell you, tell you the sort of guy he was, right? We were in New York, in New York at the time and he reaches in his satchel and he pulls out a $100 bill. Now he says to me, Michelle, I've got a task for you. He likes to play games. He loves to play games. He says, i got a task for you. And me, I'm about to play a task with Muhammad Ali any day, right? So I said, yeah, well, what's that? He says, you see that lady over there? There's a lady with a bush ram in front of her. He says, you got to get this $100 bill over to that lady and come back without getting caught. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'll do my best. He says, no, no, not do your best. She's supposed to have that $100. You're supposed to give it to her. Now get on with it. And I'm sort of crouching underneath the baby and reach up. They're both looking the other way. I tuck the $100 bill in the side. I said, boy, we're done. And he said, no. He said, we're not done. He said, we've got to see the reaction we get from the $100 bill. He says, it's no fun if you don't see what happens. And I said, okay. <laughs> I can do it again. He said, yeah, but this time do it from the left side. 
And so off I go and drop the $100 bill. And then the lady's discovered the $100 bill now. She doesn't know what to do with it. She doesn't know whether she should keep it, whether it should be hers or whatever. So Ali says, you tell her what's happening. So I go and tell her what's happening. And now I've got Muhammad Ali next to me. And this mo the mother is uh, completely, he gave me my money, he gave me money, he gave me my money, a hundred dollar bill. I got a hundred dollar bill from Muhammad Ali. And it's just really funny because the, the reaction he got out of that hundred dollar bill was worth a lot more than the bill itself. But this is not. This was not an unusual thing. This was something that we did. You know, at first, the first time we did it, you know, it was like there, there was a, a certain buzz to it. But but he wanted to get that hundred dollar bill into the hands of that lady who needed it, and he did it with my help. That's kind of inspired you, hasn't it, to set oh, yeah, up the, the kindness offensive? Well, yeah, Ali did start did inspire us to start the kindness offensive. The, the, the basic idea of the kindness offensive was to get things given to us by big companies and giving them away for free. And that, that was a physical thing at first, but once you got the ball rolling, you get the whole big 18-wheeler lorries full of stuff that was given away that would take you all night to lift and drag. It was, it was quite, quite an experience. I'm sure a lot of Christmases were made. But yeah, that's what Ali... Uh, the thing is, he wasn't just doing it for me, Ali. He wasn't just doing it to show off. He's going to show... Sometimes it would just happen. We should always remember that man is not created by God as wood is carved by the carpenter. But man is made out of the self of God. All that is in God is in man. All the powers and qualities that we need are attainable if we do not deny the existence within ourselves. But when we deny that they exist in us, then naturally life will deprive us of the gift which is on. How can a man be loved when he carries in his heart the thought that everybody who sees him avoids him, hates him? How can a man be successful when he thinks everything he touch goes wrong? Nobody is his own enemy except himself. In this child in the wilderness, this song it explains a lot of this, and this is what I want the people to hear right now. It's my favorite. Child of the wilderness she was Talking to me Of freedom's dances and uh, what she could see. The sky above her and the stars would show things that philosophers. You will be one of the greatest of all time, that's my prediction. Do you think you not being intimidated by Ali was also part of it? Yeah, because uh, what was holding everyone else back, I thought to myself, with all these people, 
they would be pleased that they made it to the point where I was knocking on their door. There's very few people who would have the nerve to knock on their door. When you were with Ali, yeah, a normal evening, what yeah. did you chat about? Talked about how the world could be a better place. He was very sort of planet-orientated. He was very... Part of the reason he liked me was because I was thinking along those lines, and these are the lines that he didn't hear that much, but when he heard them, he was happy. You know, he would say things to me like, I never heard anybody talking like that before. That's my Ali impersonation. <laughs> I never heard, never heard it. Michelle, you're going to be a big star. You didn't do the impersonation in front of him, did you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Of course I did. Yeah, we had a very philosophical approach, and he he appreciated philosophy, but he appreciated more that people would speak to him in philosophical terms, and not that many would. People are afraid to express themselves in front of him because he's the greatest of them all. They don't get no bigger than that. We had very similar minds, and I'm not saying that to be bragging either, but we had similar minds and we were thinking in different ways. You know, I related to him giving that $100 to that lady in a way that, you know, the rest of the crew wouldn't, you know, they would have put it in their pocket and that would have been it. But Ali, I was willing to go and grab that money and stick it for him, you know, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot because we're sitting here and we're not, we haven't got $100 we're throwing away. But it was Ali's way of reacting with the world. And do you think it is that he related to you so well because you talked to him about the philosophy, you weren't talking about boxing. Everybody must have wanted to talk to him about boxing the whole time. Everybody did, yeah. Everybody did. Not me. Well, I, and I, I told him as well. I said, I'm not really interested in the boxing. So I said, I've seen all your fights, because I had, ever since I was six years old, I, was, I knew who my mom and Ali was. I said, but that's not interesting to me. Yeah, we talked about everything else. It made him happy to be able to relate to someone that understood, at least partially, what he understood, which is why he got, he got on so well with me. But he taught you how to throw a punch? He taught me how to throw a punch by aiming at the wall behind. Don't aim for the nose. Don't aim for the cheek. Aim for the wall behind them. Have you ever had to use that? No, I'm sure it would work. <laughs> Absolutely sure. Michelle, it's been fascinating. Thank you for talking to me. Oh, it's a pleasure. final word is from Muhammad Ali in a moment or two. Thanks to Michelle for his time and to his son David, David Ali, for arranging the interview and for letting me use the archive. And to Fran and everyone here at Rye Hospital who's helped fix things up too. 
I'll put the links where you can see the full TV show Michelle and Ali made back on the website, rycast.org, and you'll also find links to the music and also the kindness offensive. It's Rycast Sussex on social media and at gmail.com. Until next time on Rycast, goodbye. Well, as we know, everything comes to an end. As much as we hate to go, this show must come to an end. We hope you enjoyed the show. We enjoyed entertaining for you. And by popular demand, we will be back. So write your various networks and see if you liked it or not. And if you did, we will be back very soon because I always return.